The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, the um, Israeli ambassador to the UK is being quoted as saying that there isn't a humanitarian crisis in Israel. Meanwhile, Janet Yellen has said she has been horrified by what happened to the Israeli people, says that America's thoughts are with them. At the same time, we are seeing further massing of troops as Israel prepares for an invasion into Gaza. With us is Patrick Coburn, who is an expert in Middle East relations and politics. Patrick, we've we've heard President Joe Biden warning against an occupation of Gaza. What are the other options for the Israelis? Well, as you said, it's uh, more than likely they're going to invade, but uh, we don't know yet what kind of invasion it's going to be. If their objective is to eliminate Hamas, that means taking over and occupying the whole of the uh, Gaza Strip and uh, staying there for a long time. Uh, That seems a bit unlikely, but there are other options. For instance, uh, area bombing of certainly the northern half of Gaza, uh, leveling houses, maybe using bunker-busting bombs to reach uh, uh, Hamas deep tunnels. So there are an awful lot of uh, pretty bad things still to come. What about the humanitarian impact of those things? Because already we're seeing Benjamin Netanyahu denying reports that there might be a ceasefire to allow foreigners out and humanitarian aid in. Yes, I mean, you know, when you have an area as heavily populated, a tiny area packed with people and houses, and you're dropping bombs on them, you're going to kill a great many people. 724 uh, Palestinian children have been killed uh, so far. The number is probably higher, I think, by this morning. And that's going to go on. Uh, I I think there's one thing about area bombing, which one should keep in mind uh, in Gaza. And we've seen it not just by the Israeli Air Force, but uh, the Americans in uh, Mosul and in Syria, that air forces always say we can hit targets precisely. But of course, they don't actually know who's inside a building. Um, You know, usually after these bombing campaigns, you know, the dead are under the rubble. Nobody knows what happened. There was actually a survey of uh, in Mosul uh, after the Americans had bombed that area. And one particular place I know, uh, the Americans had said they just killed one civilian and the real figure turned out to be 43. Uh, And... uh, So far as I recall, more than half of them uh, were women and children. So when the Israelis say, ah, we're attacking Hamas-type targets, uh, you know, they don't know. And we know they don't know because a week ago, Israeli intelligence couldn't, didn't even know about uh, an entire Hamas offensive involving uh, thousands of uh, Hamas members. So uh, once we have bombing of Gaza, that means this horrendous number of uh, civilian casualties will go up and up, whatever is said by the two sides. What's your understanding or what's your analysis of why a ground offensive hasn't started as of yet? That's a very good question. Um, I think, first of all, the mechanics of getting it ready. Much of the Israeli army has been deployed for the last 10, 20 years Uh, at sort of checkpoints in uh, the West Bank, uh, sort of uh, occupying these areas, not in uh, 
combat operations or training for combat operations, particularly in the street fighting. Uh, I think that's one reason. I think there's another, there's hesitation as to what they can do. Because if they just, they can bomb it. If they go in, and uh, Hamas will have been expecting them to go in, uh, then they will be, even let's say the whole of the area they're fighting in is a, is a heap of ruins. Uh, you know, ruins are quite good for somebody, for guerrilla fighters. Uh, and unless they take the whole of Gaza, they won't really achieve the, object- the objective, which they've uh, mentioned several times, of eliminating the political and military wing of uh, military wings of uh, Hamas and killing the leadership. Anything less than that, uh, Hamas is still going to be in business. So I think they're also debating that. What of the escalating tensions in the region? Because we've already seen Iran warning of regional escalation if a ground offensive is launched. I assume that is only the starting shot in what is going to be significant ramping up of the dialogue and of the tension. Yes, there's going to be, and there already is, a a ramping up of uh, the rhetoric from uh, Hezbollah, in uh, Lebanon, from the Israelis themselves, from the Iranians, saying that, you know, if the other side does something, we'll, you know, really uh, react. Um, I think we're some way off from this happening, because it's not in the interests of Hezbollah, really, to uh, start a firing when the Israelis will, you know, uh, launch a, a devastating air attacks on uh, Lebanon, whose economy is already... Uh, a wreck, and that would sort of finish it off. Uh, it would turn parts of uh, uh, Lebanon into a, another Gaza. The Iranians, what are, what are they going to do? You know, they they'll stand as the sort of big defenders of the Palestinians, but I doubt if they'll uh, do much. Egypt uh, obviously has an interest, and in the other Arab states, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, but I don't think they're going to do much. Uh, at this stage. But, you know, a word of warning, uh, you know, wars are are full of wild cards, you know. You never quite know what surprise element, some some surprise is going to happen. And we we had that a week ago, you know. It was quite easy to predict uh, by uh, people, you know, everybody, including myself, that there was going to be an explosion on the part of the Palestinians because of uh, uh, Israeli... uh, actions, more intense occupation, and so forth. But it was very difficult to know, impossible to know, where it was going to happen or exactly when it was going to happen. Uh, But it did happen. So wars are like that. You know, you don't know that suddenly something that none of us have really been looking at suddenly occurs. Well, in that context, what did you make of the Iranian foreign minister's prediction that if if the uh, Gaza invasion ends up in a deadlock, that we are likely to see this war spread across fronts beyond Gaza? Well, you know, that I think it's, there's a propaganda war going on. You know, that's a big, that's 50% of the, what we're seeing there. We're seeing military action on the ground, and we're tra- seeing a tremendous sort of verbal exchanges, verbal threats, which uh, may or may not turn into reality. Yes, it could happen if the war goes on, the fighting goes on uh, a long time, uh, then that could happen. But what does it mean by fronts? It doesn't necessarily mean sort of missiles uh, uh, fired into Israel or a mass Israeli attack. So I think we're just at the 
stage there when it becomes between relations between Israel and Iran and such places of uh, sort of menacing rhetoric and not at the stage that anybody is really intending at this moment to uh, launch attacks. Patrick, can we speak a little, and by the way, I'm, I'm speaking to Patrick Coburn, who is award-winning columnist and author of Chaos and Caliphate, Jihadis in the West and the Struggle for the Middle East. Can we speak a little, Patrick, about that propaganda war? Because, for instance, l- let me just read you some of the texts that, that we're getting to the programme. Um, the children in Gaza have been murdered, not killed. Let's call it what it is and stop making excuses. It is the l- deliberate murder of civilians. And another, has anyone considered that Israel did know and allowed it so that they could justify an invasion. What about that and the propaganda battle that's being waged on both sides? I'm sure the Israelis didn't know it was going to happen. I thought they were caught by surprise. Not just this is looked at sometimes as a sort of failure of tactical intelligence. I think there was a broader failure that they thought Netanyahu's very far right-wing government thought they could up and up the pressure on the Palestinians and there'd be no response. So there was basically a political failure. And below that, you had technical failures, also brought about by overconfidence that uh, the Palestinians couldn't uh, evade this uh, surveillance on the border of uh, uh, Gaza. Um, Elsewhere, you have this sort of, to my mind, rather disgusting competition between atrocities. Uh, uh, Each side sort of producing dead children, you know, <laughs> very real dead children, uh, and saying what they did was only in retaliation to what somebody else did. My own attitude, you know, is pretty simple, that, yeah, murdering Israeli families in uh, uh, around uh, Gaza is a war crime, uh, dropping bombs in civilian areas in Gaza, uh, knowing that um, uh, you're going to be killing a lot of children and... Uh, everybody else and probably uh, very few members of uh, Hamas is also a war crime. I don't think one should sort of explain, justify or mitigate the other. From an Israeli perspective, to what extent does the propaganda war stay your hand? Because when we were discussing this on Friday, one of the things that our analyst was saying was that Hamas are incentivized to be able to show evidence of Palestinians being ostensibly victimized by the Israelis to further their cause and further their propaganda. Yeah, I mean, it's in their interest, but it doesn't mean that, you know, there aren't dead children to show, you know. If you see a, you know, a small body bag of, you know, in an Israeli kibbutz or in a, uh, the ruins of a building in Gaza, it uh, will contain a real body. That doesn't mean that an atrocity hasn't occurred. People have an interest and this is true of all wars at all times, in publicizing atrocities that have happened to them and not showing, um, uh, you know, their own, what they've done themselves or uh, things that are not atrocities. But, you know, this I think one has to be naive not to realize that that's always an element of war that uh, is going to be propaganda and showing things that in your interest and... Uh, Uh, concealing or not uh, minimising things which are not in your interest. Patrick, thank you very much for your time this morning. That's Patrick Coburn, award-winning columnist and also author of Chaos and Caliphate, Jihadis and the West in the Struggle for the Middle East. Coming up on News Talk Ireland. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.